All right, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the New Testament, one chapter a day, taking us usually about 10 minutes. I've been trying to keep it under 10 minutes and not been very successful at all, but we don't often go over 10 minutes, at least not by much if we do. So we are in chapter three. The Apostle Paul is kind of defending himself to the Corinthians who he had led them to the Lord, started the church there, had all kinds of great experiences with them. And now the, the relationship is strained and um, he's writing to them about who he is, who they are. Um, he's defending himself. Um, sometimes it feels like he's defending himself a lot. Uh, what do you do in these kinds of situations, you know, where there's tension and brokenness and disagreement, you know, with a friend, with a family member, you know, at work, uh, at play, you know, what, what, do, what do you do? So I guess maybe there's some lessons here. Um, let's see what we can learn because this is a, this is a real where the rubber hits the road situation for all of us at some point in our life. He said, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? So I guess that's the answer, right? So um, got some disagreement. Uh, we don't agree with things. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to commend myself. I'm just going to talk about myself. I'm just going to talk about how good I am. And, and in talking about how good I am, I, I think I'll just include how bad you are. You know, Paul's saying this a little bit sort of tongue-in-cheek, a little bit sarcastic. You know, what, what are we, you know, commending ourselves again? Uh, um, he said, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? What, what do I need to send my resume? I need to get other people to stand up for my character. I need some character references. I... I need other people to tell you what a good guy I am. You know me. What do I have to do this stuff for? Like, what, what's, what's, what's going on? What happened? You're our letter of recommendation. Written on our hearts. Known and read by everybody. You know, we led you to Christ. We started the fellowship there. It's growing. You know, it's prospering. Good things are happening. You show that you're a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry. Written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. We know each other. We love each other. We have a great relationship together. What happened? Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we're competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. Our competence comes from God. So we're not saying, you know, we're so spiritual. We got so much um, Peter and John, they said this at the gate beautiful when they healed a man and everybody came running around and uh, the religious leaders were asking them, oh, by what power or what authority did you do this? And Peter said, if you're looking to us as though it were through our own power or our own holiness that this man was healed, know this, it's not our power, it's not our holiness, it's not our character, it's not our goodness, it was Jesus Christ who did this. And so we don't have any... We have no competence in ourselves as apostles, as, you know, as pastors, as leaders, whatever. We have no competence. Our competence is Jesus Christ and in, in how he can change a life. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And so when we came to you, God was giving life. Like it was, it was a revival going on. <clears throat> Now, if the ministry to brought death, which was the law given by Moses, and the law shows you that you're guilty. When you go through all of those things, you know, don't covet, 
don't bear false witness, you know, which means, you know, don't gossip about people. Don't, don't want things that aren't yours. Don't, don't lust after people. Don't, you know, man, like guilty, guilty, guilty. Well, that ministry brings death and shows us that we're sinners and that we need a savior. We need some help. We need something when we see ourselves in the mirror like that. Well, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily on Moses' face because of his glory, transitory as though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So if that was a glorious ministry, coming down, Moses coming down the mountain with the law, you know, showing everybody who they are, you know, in the glory of God, you know, being all over Moses, and, you know, if that was glorious... Well, how much more is the ministry of the Spirit that works in our life and writes these things in our hearts? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness, the cross? Always looking at the cross. The cross bringing righteousness. The cross making us holy. Jesus making us holy, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. And if if that was so glorious... The Ten Commandments coming down off of Mount Sinai. How much greater is this ministry of the Spirit? And how much greater is this ministry of the cross? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison to the surpassing glory. That's like nothing now compared to Christ, compared to what he's done for us, compared to what we have. And and if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? You see, the law came and now it's gone. It's not, you know, we don't need that anymore. We now have Jesus who comes and forgives us, who fulfills the law for us, and then writes the law on our hearts as he begins to work in our lives. Therefore, because of all of this, since we have such a hope, we're very bold. Telling people about this hope. We're not like Moses who had put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. Yeah, he was... He was in the glory of God and that glory shone all over him. But it was fading glory. We don't have a fading glory. We have a fading, we have a glory that lasts forever. That's increasing greater and greater and greater as we get closer to death, as we get closer to the throne, as we get closer to experiencing eternal life in the shedding of this mortal coil. It's not fading. It's getting greater. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. So when you read about how bad we are, and it reflects, there's still a veil at you. People deny it. It's not been removed. Because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their heart. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Turn to the Lord. Get your friends to turn to the Lord. Get your family to turn to the Lord. Get everybody you know to turn to the Lord. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom to live for God. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Wow. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for what you've done for us. We thank you so much for, for the life that you've given to us. We thank you so much, Lord, that we're not, we're not being condemned, but that we're being given righteousness, a righteousness that comes not from ourselves, but comes from you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing this for us. We appreciate it. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hey, love you guys. Walk in the freedom that Jesus has given to you. Hey, peace, grace, and mercy. Jesus.